1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Dishonesty is front and center. Not just nationally, it's always front and center nationally in the Biden administration, but locally as we begin a Tuesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. We were light on local stories yesterday, not so today. Glad to have you along on 94.5 in Dayton and 98.9 here in Columbus, and we welcome Congressman Jim Jordan to town tonight. He will be in town. I don't know if I'm allowed to say where, so I won't say where, but he will be in town tonight. And the congressman whose district abuts Jim's Jordans, Mike Turner, who represents uh, Greene County, Montgomery County, and Fayette County, Uh, Mike Turner is in the news because there is a push in Washington for the feds to show to people with top-secret security clearance they are on the uh, Intelligence Committee in the House and Senate, uh, those committee members would like to see the affidavit that Merrick Garland and the DOJ used to search Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. They've got security clearance. Shouldn't be a problem if they are top-secret documents. So we will hear from uh, Congressman Turner, and I look forward tonight to hopefully being able to ask Jim Jordan about a column this morning in the Columbus Dispatch from their increasingly liberal, unhinged columnist Theodore Decker, uh, whose column today is Exhibit A in my theme of dishonesty locally here on August the 16th, the one-year anniversary of the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, which, of course, is a classic example of uh, national dishonesty. Remember, Joe Biden said that that was an extraordinary success, an extraordinary success, our withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, Now we know from the death of uh, Al-Zawahiri, the guy who grabbed the baton to lead al-Qaeda when Osama bin Laden was shot by Rob O'Neill and the Navy SEALs, who raided his Saudi Arabia compound. Uh, Now we know that al-Zawahiri was in Kabul, in an apartment of one of the guys who's in charge of one of the tentacles of the Islamic extremists who hate America. But I digress. Back to the local dishonesty. Theodore Decker's column today. Headline, Jim Jordan asked, and an Ohio man with an AR-15 answered. And Theodore Decker goes on this uh, kind of Perry Mason-esque journalistic uh, journey to say that the FBI's storming event in Cincinnati, which ended with uh, Ricky Schiffer being shot and killed in a cornfield somewhere around Wilmington, that that was Jim Jordan's fault. That Ricky Schiffer was acting on a directive from Jim Jordan. I know. Crazy, dishonest, yes, but it's all right here in black and white. Theodore Decker says, one of Ohio's greater political embarrassments. He's talking about Jim Jordan, not, I don't know, Sherrod Brown, Joyce Beatty, Zach Klein, Andrew Ginther. Um, He's talking about Jim Jordan. Uh, One of Ohio's greater political embarrassments took to Twitter to spout off another mouthful of inflammatory nonsense, as he is wont to do. And he talks about a Jim Jordan tweet that said, one year ago, the FBI used the Patriot Act to spy on parents. That's true. Three days ago, Democrats voted to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. That's also true. These are parenthetical comments, not... uh, those of theodore decker because he'd be loath to admit that those things are true of course two days ago the fbi raided president trump's home also true and one day ago the fbi confiscated representative scott perry's phone that's also true what's next some jim jordan asked a two-word question what's next i think we all know that what jim jordan is driving at here is government overreach right He's talking about the FBI using the Patriot Act and Democrats hiring IRS agents and the FBI raiding Trump's home and taking Scott Perry's phone. Those are all truthful characterizations of things done by the federal government that intrude upon the freedom and liberty of the American people. So when Jim Jordan asks what's next after listing those four things, my assumption would be he's wondering... What are they going to do next? What are the feds going to do next? Did he say, grab your guns and go get them? No, he did not say that. But that's what Theodore Decker read, which is interesting. Because he then uses Jordan's tweet to say that Jordan's tweet is why Ricky Schiffer took an AR-15 and a nail gun to the FBI building in Cincinnati, tried to storm it, then led police on a high-speed chase up I-71, which ended in a cornfield with Ricky Schiffer being shot dead. Now, that's interesting. That's an interesting uh, case because I didn't go into the dispatch archives. There are limits of my love for you and what I will do to read that much woke dispatch content. I did not go into Theodore Decker's vast editorial treasure trove of wokeness to see if there is a column blaming Bernie Sanders for the shooting of congressional Republicans while they practice baseball. That guy was a Bernie Sanders acolyte. And Bernie Sanders was, you know, tweeting, saying, stoking hatred. In fact, conservative commentators went out of their way to say, this guy's a wacko. He's not there because Bernie Sanders told him to go. Don't blame Bernie Sanders for this. See, Republicans, conservatives have an attachment to a little something that no Democrat, no progressive is wedded to. And that is logic and reason those our are, our are, are tag team partners not democrats he says jim jordan's tweet came out at 4 58 p.m wednesday and at 9 a.m thursday a deranged man tried to force his way into an fbi office in suburban cincinnati he wore body armor carried a nail gun and surprise surprise an ar-15 rifle wow Ricky Schiffer was probably, I don't know what you think, coming home from work, got on Twitter. Does Theodore Decker have proof that he read Jordan's tweet? Does Theodore Decker have proof that Ricky Schiffer wasn't planning this prior to Jordan's tweet? No, he does not. Does he need it? I mean, in order to make a logical case, yes, but he's writing a column for the dispatch. Logic, reason, again, not part of what they do at the Columbus dispatch. And then he writes later, Of Ricky Schiffer, it seems fair to say he was radicalized in no small part to the incendiary lies trafficked so recklessly by the likes of our esteemed congressman. Well, uh, Mr. Decker, it might seem fair to you to say that. It seems colossally unfair to me to say that because you are making a colossal leap. You don't even know if Ricky Schiffer... Knows who Jim Jordan is. I mean, he might. He probably does. Jordan's on Fox News a lot. Probably on One America News. Probably on a lot of conservative sources. He might know who he is. Doesn't mean he saw the tweet. Doesn't mean the tweet precipitated what he did. He later refers to Ricky Schiffer as one of Jim Jordan's acolytes. You have no way of knowing that. Zero. Zip. No possible way of knowing that. So, Theodore Decker is a liar. And he is an exaggerator and he is is an inflamer because not everybody's going to read that and laugh at how much of a lunatic Theodore Decker exposes himself to be. How much of an unhinged leftist bootlick he is. They're going to read it and it's going to make them more angry. I would submit that Theodore Decker's column does as much to radicalize people on the right as anything Jim Jordan tweets. Because, and this is always the danger, with conservatives in this climate where, I'll use Decker's examples, of Jim Jordan's examples, parents are viewed as terrorists by the Department of Justice. A coordinated effort between the White House and the DOJ, where there are soon to be 87,000 new IRS agents, where the FBI did raid Donald Trump's home. This is a continual Poking in the chest, increasingly with greater force, of conservatives to deprive American citizens of freedom and liberty, and part of that being their freedom of speech to voice dissent with how things are being done. So, Decker's column is just part and parcel of the dishonesty that we will discuss today. For instance, uh, the... Columbus public health people are weighing in on the threat to your students as they get ready to go back to school. And they say, you got to watch out for COVID, but they're really not that concerned about monkeypox. Now you say, well, that's, that's honest, Bruce. How are you uh, dinging them for dishonesty there? Well, they go on to talk about the importance of vaccines and masking, which again, no data to support that. And then they say there are three groups of people who could be vulnerable to complications of monkeypox. Three. Three groups. Here they are. Group one, children under eight. Mm. Pregnant women and those who are immunocompromised. Well, those who are immunocompromised are imperiled by every single virus ever because they are, duh, immunocompromised. But children under eight and pregnant women... Did you notice how they phrase that? They're vulnerable to complications. Well, in order to be vulnerable to complications, you have to be vulnerable to the actual disease. Are they children under eight and pregnant women? No, we'll discuss next. So we have some schools in central Ohio that are starting, others that are getting about ready to start. We don't know if Columbus City Schools will start. They're supposed to start on August the 24th. Uh, They will have uh, two sessions with a federal mediator later this week to try to bridge the gaps that uh, stand between the members of the Columbus Education Association, that's your 4,000-member teachers union, and the Board of Education, all of whose members were endorsed for election to the Board of Education by... That's right, the Columbus Teachers Association. So they can't even get along with the people that they wanted on the board who are now on the board. So they're asking for all kinds of stuff. I agree they should have air conditioning in their buildings. I don't think their class sizes are oppressively big. I see no need for full-time phys ed teachers. Remember recess? You go out, use your imagination, run around, play outside, or in the gym. Yeah, we don't need full-time phys ed teachers, although it would be nice if you're a union member to have them to pay union dues. I get why they want them. I'm just thinking the answer to that should be no. So we'll see where that goes. But in advance of school starting, the uh, Columbus Public Health Commissioner, Makisha Roberts, is sounding the alarm about COVID because of high transmission rates. And she thinks that everybody should be wearing a mask. The new strain of COVID is highly contagious, she says. And wearing a mask is something simple that we can all do to help Show we are virtue signaling, even though it's complete nonsense. Oh, I'm sorry. That was me. Here's what she said. Uh, the new strain of COVID-19 is highly contagious, and wearing a mask is something simple that we can all do to help slow the spread of the virus in our community while still keeping all of our businesses open and our schools open. Well, I don't know. Stand, we stand by for your change of mind on that, given how the polls show the midterm elections might go. Uh, Makisha Roberts is recommending that school districts put a mask mandate in place if the CDC lists Franklin County as a high level of transmission county. And you say, well, uh, if the level of transmission is really high over on the east side of the city, does that mean schools on the west side of the city should have a mask mandate in place? She says, yes, yes, it would be district wide and would not be limited to certain schools. That makes no sense to me, but very little of this does. She says you should get vaccinated, wear a mask, do all the things that didn't work before, because this time uh, they still won't work, but she'll feel better about it. Now, as for monkeypox, uh, which uh, the Biden administration says is a uh, national health emergency, she says there are uh, three groups of people vulnerable to complications from monkeypox. Complications from monkeypox. Okay, To have complications from something, you have to have the something which is where I notice some dishonesty, which is the theme of today's show, dishonesty. The three groups vulnerable to complications are children under eight, pregnant women, and those who are immunocompromised. Well, people who are immunocompromised are in danger of complications from everything because they are immunocompromised. That's what it means. Their immune system is compromised. So... We'll just throw that one out and concentrate on the other two groups. Children under eight, pregnant women, vulnerable to complications. Well, I mean, maybe, but are they vulnerable to actually getting monkeypox in order to have complications? We have to read a little further in the story. She notes that there are only 68 cases of monkeypox in the state of Ohio. The outbreak we are seeing here in the United States, Makisha Roberts says, has largely impacted adults. Does that include children under 8? Adults? No, it does not. Does that include pregnant women? No, it does not. How about that? And has largely impacted men who have sex with men. Are children under 8 men who have sex with men? No, they are not. Are pregnant women men who have sex with men? No, they are not. So Makisha Roberts is histrionic in her sounding of the alarm that the complications of monkeypox are targeting children under eight and pregnant women when they have no realistic chance of getting monkeypox. Complete and utter dishonesty. Complete and utter dishonesty. Now, I'm looking at a headline here from CNN. It says uh, that... Mike Turner, who is your congressman, Dayton, Greene County, Montgomery County, Fayette County, he's, he's your congressman, and he's on CNN, and that he had a tense interview, it says, a tense interview with CNN's Brianna Keeler. I watched the interview. There was nothing tense about it. She tried a gotcha question where he was saying, look, I'd like to see the affidavit Because uh, Mike Turner is on the House Intel Committee. He says, I'd like to see the affidavit that explains why they, the FBI, the DOJ, why the DOJ sought a warrant to search Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. I'd like to see the affidavit. Other people on my committee would like to see the affidavit. Because the affidavit is what the DOJ told the judge who signed the warrant to search mar which is the first time the home of a former U.S. president has been searched in the history of our country. Kind of a big deal. And at some point in the interview, at the end of the interview, Breonna Keeler says, well, have you ever taken home classified documents? And Mike Turner's like, no. That's the tense part. No, I haven't. But I'd like to see it. So I'd like to see the affidavit because you can pretty much get a warrant. You can find a judge to get a warrant. The getting of the warrant's not going to land on the judge. What they told the judge is what's important. So they were talking with Trump for months and months and months about those documents. And we've seen leaks. Oh, nuclear secrets. Donald Trump's building a bomb. <laughs> Laughable as that is. Oh, I heard yesterday that Russian agents have documents regarding nuclear matters that Trump has at Miralago. I mean, I will give the Democrats credit for their persistence. They tried to hang Donald Trump as a Russian cat's paw ever since he was elected but not yet inaugurated as president, and that was roundly exposed as gobbledygook and made up nonsense they falsified information to a judge to get the fisa warrant to magnify the steel dossier to go from fantasy to supposed truth and they just won't give up trump as a russian agent is like a chew toy for the democrats in the mouth of a pit bull